we continue to face a crisis unlike any we've experienced before? What can we do to better manage stress in these uncertain times? From the National Business Aviation Association, this is Flight Plan. This week's podcast is brought to you by Whiting Aviation Park. Ready to grow your business in Santa Rosa County, Florida. I'm Rob Finfrock with your trusted source for business aviation news. It's fair to say that none of our lives are quite the same today as they were just a year ago, as the COVID-19 pandemic continues to affect our lives, our careers, and our day-to-day routines. It's also fair to say, I think, that we're all feeling more stressed than we're used to, especially as this crisis lingers on with no clear endpoint in sight. To learn how we can better manage these added stress levels, I'm pleased to welcome three aeromedical experts to share their insights today. We'll begin with Dr. Daniel Gilday, Medical Program Director for AirCare International. Dan also works as an ER physician in Washington State and serves as the Medical Director of the Thurston County SWAT team. Dan, I'd imagine you're encountering more and more people in each of those roles who are feeling the effects from stress brought on from COVID-19. I think we all experience stress. We all have those things in our environment, our home life, our work that, that really stress us out. I think what's unique about this is the, the breadth and duration of the stress we've experienced. I mean, this is a worldwide unique event that hasn't been really seen in over 100 years, and, and it hits us on every level. And it, and it has been persistently hitting us for months on end without relief. I mean, we do have a little bit of every now and again in the news, we get a little bit of a reprieve that maybe a vaccine is on the horizon or something along those lines. But, but this has been nonstop, constant bombardment and has changed our lives so drastically that I think that the unique part of this is not necessarily the fact that it is stress. I think it's the fact that it has been so pervasive and so enduring. Dr. Greg Vinichkachorn is Senior Associate Consultant and Senior Aviation Medical Examiner at the Mayo Clinic. Greg, what are some of the ways that stress can manifest within us? Stress, of course, obviously has mental manifestations, feelings of anxiety, dread, uh, difficulties with concentration and memory. And then there's the physical component of that as well. That can be things such as you know, shortness of breath, heart palpitations, tremors, difficulties with sleep, and, and so forth. And so it can really run a whole gamut of different symptoms just from feeling stressed. Rounding out our panel today is Matthew McNeil, President and Clinical Director for Lift Effect and a commercial airline captain. Matt, what are some less common symptoms of stress that we may not recognize at first? And are some of those symptoms perhaps different given this current crisis? Yeah, it's a good question. I think certainly, as Dan and Greg have alluded to, this current pandemic, I think there's this general feeling of of demoralization because it's so unpredictable and it's gone on for so long. That's what I'm seeing in terms of symptoms other than the ones that they've covered. Certainly on the flight deck and at work, we're seeing, you know, increased irritability. Some signs would be confused thinking, changes in mood that kind of are all over the place, more frequent workplace conflicts, Certainly, I think the the largest thing I'm seeing in my clinical practice is sleep disturbances, sleep issues, and a general loss of resiliency where pilots experience these things all the time. And oftentimes they're, they're kind of normal reactions to just work, but they're starting to slide more into severe reactions, which I think is part of what's going on with this whole pandemic. Can the symptoms you describe indicate something even more serious than just feeling stressed? 
It strikes me that many of those symptoms also present themselves when a person is facing depression. I think, again, mental health issues are on this, this sliding continuum between a normal adaptive response to, let's say, a pandemic and big layoffs. You know, that, that, that's a, I would say if you didn't have concerns with that, I, I would be concerned with that. But I think when it's this constant exposure to it, it can slide into a loss of function, which then we would, we would describe more as clinical depression or clinical anxiety. So again, it's, it's a very difficult thing because the difference between normal and abnormal is pretty gray and pilots can find themselves in those situations and with those conditions if they don't have a way of dealing with those types of stressors, those types of feelings. Dan, what are your thoughts? I think the mental health aspect of this is, is, is on a sliding scale and, and people respond in such different ways. That, but long term, I think it is going to affect every aspect of your life. And, and obviously, our jobs are so important and take up you know, at least a third of our day on, on most days. So uh, it's going to come through in different ways. I work in the emergency department and, and we see a, a ton of people coming in with depression. But I think we've seen more presentations in a varying degree, a lot more frustration and anger, a lot more intolerance. And I think we see that on a social, political uh, scale worldwide, or at least nationwide. But we see that tremendously in the emergency department. And what's interesting is, you know, in an emergency department or at any work where there's a team atmosphere, that can break down so quickly when it comes to stress. And I think the intolerance, particularly compounded by the frustration that may be just behind everything and the depression and the sense of uh, impotence when it comes to being able to combat what we're dealing with, that really breaks down team dynamics very quickly. Greg, what do you think? I just want to echo the point that most people, when they think of a stressful event causing long-term problems like depression and anxiety, they think of something traumatic, you know, a car wreck or something like that, where in this scenario, the COVID pandemic, I think what's really the worst part is this long aspect, as we mentioned earlier about it, this is constant low-level or medium-level stress that's going on. And, and it affects all of us, not just folks who, you know, who've come down with the actual infection or or been in the hospital, or um, forbid, uh, lost a, a loved one, it, it's getting to, to everybody. And, and that was, you know, as was just said, we're seeing from that, the sequelae, especially that lost resiliency and the, the increased irritability. We'll continue our conversation in just a moment. But first, a word from our sponsor, Whiting Aviation Park in Santa Rosa County, Florida. Ready to grow your business? Whiting Aviation Park can help you take off. Here, you can develop up to 200 acres for manufacturing, maintenance, repair, or overhaul operations adjacent to NAS Whiting Field. With access to its 6,000-foot runway, you'll be able to reach high and go far from Santa Rosa County, Florida, home to a large, skilled, military-trained workforce. If you're serious about growing your business, learn more about the incentives waiting for you at whitingaviationpark.com. We're back now with Dr. Daniel Gilday, Matthew McNeil, and Dr. Greg Vinichkachorn and our discussion about coping with stress during the COVID-19 crisis. So Greg, how can we recognize any of those responses that can be potentially harmful in our lives and our jobs? What are some of the warning signs that we should be on the lookout for, not only within ourselves, but in others as well? You know, recognizing the inability to basically not perform in the, the manner that you are used to in a stressful environment, 
is a, I would say, the overall warning sign that things are coming to a point where stress is starting to affect your your ability to do your job safely. Obviously, the cockpit is a very complex environment with a lot of different stressors, and being unable to concentrate fully enough to handle those stresses as well as deal with others uh, in that setting is a warning sign. Matt, what are your thoughts? I think that's right. I mean, the way I conceptualize it, and, and certainly in terms of trying to look for early w- identification strategies, I think of you know three buckets. There's behavioral issues or you know behavioral markers like more frequent personality conflicts. In the airlines, we have professional standards, and we've certainly seen a huge uptick in uh, professional standards cases, which is crews that aren't getting along. So those are the behavioral issues, reliability issues, meaning excessive sick calls, unexplained fatigue, those types of things, and then performance issues, which would be certainly at the most severe end, psychological decompensations. Often we see in training, excessive operational deviations, or just failures out online. Those are, I think, the, the ways in which these this stress is starting to manifest itself. Dan? I think those are all excellent points, and I agree with them 100%. I would only add two things. I think the first is I think you need to be honest with yourself. I think it's real easy to try to put on a brave face and to try to tolerate and shoulder as much as you can when it comes to stress, and I think you need to be able to, A, recognize the stressors you have and be honest with yourself about where your breaking point or your potential breaking point is and and be able to communicate that with others. Uh, along those same lines, I think it's so imperative that we're just looking out for one another. And I know that's, that's kind of trite and cliche to say, but it really is true. I think human beings are excellent at masking a lot of what's below the surface for them. You know, the, the 90, 10% iceberg analogy. And we're only usually seeing about 10% or less of what people are really going through. And people put on a brave face. And so I think it's, this is now more than ever a time to be very intentional with your coworkers, your family, your friends. Take that extra second instead of just a, hey, what's going on or how you doing? Maybe try to participate or become, uh, join with them a little bit more and, and reach out, even if it's just to say, you know, hey, no, really, how are you doing? Or something along those lines. We need to pick up on those social nuances, your, your spidey sense, the hairs on the back of your, your neck are kind of sticking up. React to that. Uh, now more than ever, it's the time to do that. I just wanted to add in, too, that we can't forget that pilots actually do go home and not, don't live in the cockpit. And so many of these manifestations, can, well, most of them at least, right, many of these manifestations also occur in the home environment. And so if there are indications that, you know, your relationships with your family are not going as well, um, that could be a sign. It can also affect other things in your life, things that you enjoy doing suddenly don't seem very fun anymore. So in conclusion, Greg, what can our listeners take away from this conversation on how to cope with the stress in our lives right now, especially as the factors contributing to our stress levels, at least from COVID, haven't really ebbed yet? You know, I think that the first tactic for combating this long-term stress really is to first allow yourself to realize it's okay to be stressed and okay to feel overwhelmed by everything that's going on right now. Um, as was alluded to, there's this, this sense of tough guy attitude that, that happens in this industry, unfortunately. And I think uh, a lot of people are really hard on themselves about the way they are feeling when it comes to stress. And so recognizing that you are stressed and realizing that that's, this can happen, I think, is, is the first step. The second thing that I would recommend is really focusing on sleep. That, as was mentioned, has been something that I've seen a lot of patients struggle with. 
just being having good quality sleep. You know, a lot of them are up at night reading, you know, the news reports, and that's always not a great idea before bed, and, and so forth. And really, uh, just degrading their overall quality of life with being fatigued during the day and being unable to, to concentrate. So. Creating a good sleep environment or sleep hygiene, as we say, is the first step. So simple things like woody caffeine after noon, minimizing electronic devices in the in the bedroom, uh, making sure you have good airflow and good temperature when you're trying to sleep. Just those kind of simple measures can go a long way. The next thing that I would say is, you know, I don't like using the E word, which is exercise, because that immediately gives everyone sort of a I got to go to the gym kind of feeling, but uh, I encourage patients to just do something for fun. Um, so if you like to play golf or go for a bike ride or walk the dog, just give them, give yourself some me time in, in order to, uh, to heal and recuperate uh, and make recuperation an active process versus like, oh, well, I'll just get to that when I'm not as busy. Uh, diet also is important. Uh, I know that's going to be hard for a lot of folks who are, who are flying around and and going to different airports, but there are some healthy, healthier choices out there, believe it or not. And so it's not a great time to, you know, suddenly become a fan of alcohol or take up smoking. That's not a good uh, coping mechanism. And then, of course, you know, if things really become uncontrollable, just seeking out advice from a medical professional to see what else can be done to help with stress. No, that does not necessarily mean medications. And oftentimes I would not recommend medications as first line treatment for many pilots. But, you know, just being able to talk to someone, whether it be a medical provider or even a therapist, and that can really be helpful long term. Yeah, I agree 100%. Uh, I, I, I never heard it stated that way, but I love that. Avoid the E word because it is it's so different for everyone. But I do think physical activity, something where the body, you're doing something active, whether that's yoga or something organized or just simply going out for a walk or golf, I think that's fantastic. I would add a couple of things probably that fall under the category that, that you were just alluding to. I like the idea of, I heard somewhere that you want to have three hobbies, one that exercises, exercises your body, but also two others, and that would be a, a hobby that exercises your creativity and a, a hobby that may, or, or an activity that induces some sort of productivity. I think those are great stress relievers as well. That can sometimes get you through things like this. And, and unfortunately, We've, we've had a, a life-altering event that has changed not only our nationwide, but globally, uh, how we interact with others. And, I, and unfortunately, that's probably going to be around for some time. But we will get through this. We're going to get through this together. And it is something we can overcome. But I think we do need to rely on one another and seek support when it's needed. Matt? I think what Dan and Greg has said are fantastic strategies. I think from a psychological standpoint, I would encourage all of my patients to, one, is rely on actual strategies for approaching some of the difficult feelings that you may be having. So use strategies. That's why I think, you know, seeking help from a professional will give you empirically validated, scientifically based strategies. Second is really manage the story that is going on in all of our heads and story is what we tell ourselves we think is happening. Certainly none of us are great predictors of the future and it's very easy to get attached to our thinking around what we think is happening and the reality is is most of the stuff that we think is not true, it's not accurate. It's a version of the truth but it's it's not 100% and I think we can really suffer you know, pilots are not quick to, to seek help. Part of that is because we have regulatory guidelines that are very stringent. There's a lot of things that keep, you know, pilots cannot fly 
with uh, certainly medications or conditions that we have and so our pilots tend to go underground. Here's what I would say to that. We have services available to help pilots get the help that they need and there is a path back to the flight deck. The FAA certainly is cautious as they need to be. I know that, you know, among pilots, the philosophy is it's just, you know, the FAA, it's easier to say no than to say yes. And I think that there's a history of that. But I will say that the FAA wants to work with pilots. They would much rather have you seek help and get proper treatment than to try to treat yourself with things that may not be helpful for you. And so I just want to iterate that there is a way back to the flight deck if you do need to take some time off because of stress. That's not a problem. So just encourage pilots to do that. For related information on the effects from stress and other human factors on aviation safety, visit nbaa.org forward slash human factors. And that's the latest from the National Business Aviation Association. Thanks again to our sponsor, Whiting Aviation Park. And remember, you can subscribe to all Flight Plan episodes at Apple Podcasts in the App Store. Wherever you find your favorite podcasts, including by asking Alexa or another connected device, or download them from nbaa.org. I'm Rob Finfrock, and thanks for listening to Flight Plan. Flight Plan.